You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. It's a big program on tap for you this week. A lot of great guests. Before we get to the guests, I'm Scott Casper for Tony Wink, Roman Avila, PJ Duran, Ed Kulikamp in our studios in Advanced North Carolina. Our contributors include Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson. Our producers this week, as always, the dynamic duo of Jack and Leanne De Leon. Let's go to the uh, the breaking news as we speak. We start with PJ Duran. PJ, in the world of MotoGP, Pedrosa, not altogether surprising, announces Danny Pedrosa announces his retirement. You really expected that. We're talking. Talking yeah, about that over the last absolutely. couple of weeks. Absolutely. Right? Uh, his seat has been taken at HRC, the factory Honda team, by one uh, Jorge Lorenzo for nice. the year 2019. Danny uh, has decided to hang it up. Uh, unfortunately for him, that's a very long career without a title. So that is unfortunately what he's going to be remembered for, but he had a lot of good seasons, a lot of good races. But he was always the bridesmaid, never the bride. But again, really never unexpected. I mean, we, we kind of knew it was coming. No, we absolutely did. And more... In the unsurprising news of MotoGP, Mark Marquez gathered his ninth pole position in the Saxon Ring at the Saxon Ring and his ninth win in a row at the Saxon Ring. The guy is on fire. If you go to Saxon Ring, just Mark Marquez will be Didn't the guy. Didn't I that hear wins you it. say he's due for a loss? I thought he would be, and I was <laughs> I was very very wrong. He wow. he, he came through and qualifying uh, like a bull. I love it, and absolutely walked away with it. Although Rossi gave him a a good run for it, as well as the Maverick Vinales. The Yamaha guys were right behind Marquez, but it's it's his racetrack. His name is all over it now. Your two breaking news points. You made them and made it well, sir. Let's go to our own Roman Avila. Roman, your breaking news. Well, it's not so much breaking, but it's a great return this weekend for motocross. After the week off, we're going to head back up to Milva, Minnesota. Right. Uh, great place there. Um, a lot of our hometown favorites will race. Uh Alex Martin will be there for sure and wow. looks to make a triumphant push into the points. Um, when you get up his, there, make sure his cell phone works. We're not clear <laughs> that it works. <laughs> it's his home track. And uh, a couple of years ago, I think they did redo some uh, cell tower stuff. I so think that they did, they, yeah. They could have that. It's um, better than it used to be at Millville for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we're going to hopefully talk to him here shortly, but Marvin Muskin coming off of a great weekend – uh, we're going to talk to him, but does he pull this confidence level of these last two wins off into? I don't know how he could Spring Creek. Yeah, I don't know how he could. Marvin's just that confident. Let's go to Tony Wink for the introduction. Tony, top uh, bottom to top, who do we have on the program? Yeah, we're going to talk to a really fast road racer, Cameron Peterson, who's racing uh, for Danny Walker's team, the Genuine Broster Chicken Honda team, and also we're going to talk to John Ulrich, who's from Road Racing World. Of course, he he needs very little introduction. John Ulrich has been. 
instrumental and truly a pillar in the the road racing community and the motorcycle industry so we'll have john olich on we had his son chris on um last week yeah it was like an appetizer you know as good as it was it was like an appetizer compared to john because john just lays it all out there so tanner dean got a got a win in the singles class american fly track at weed sport raceway and we're going to talk to tanner dean i don't know if we've had tanner on before. i don't think so yep so and then uh, we've got austin forkner who is uh last two races he's been in the lead and has been taken out hit the dirt didn't win and uh, austin's due for a win i think so we talked about we're going to vote on his behalf. <laughs> I right? think he'll be he'll be fine. We'll get to talk about his his uh, new haircut that Bloss and the rest of him gave him <laughs> can't a while wait. back. And then uh, Moose Can is actually on the phone. He's ready to talk to us. Okay. Four fifty Pro Motocross champion, or excuse me, champion to be four fifty Pro Motocross rider, Red Bull KTM, and uh, he is carrying the red number number plate with five races remaining and i'm excited to talk to marvin marvin you're heading to this weekend's pro national at spring creek with the uh, red number plate how does that feel for you well that's amazing i mean uh it's uh it's a goal and um uh, yeah i just gotta keep uh keep on pushing and keep on focus on myself and uh yeah it's gonna be good marvin your consistency is key in this championship and uh, we've seen a lot of ups and downs from the other guys and um, when you're not the fastest guy on the track, you still manage to put it together. And it reminds me of a guy that uh, recently retired that was no, your teammate. Number five. Number, five, number yeah. five. And um, I really am is I'm excited for you as a racer to uh, to see you come into your own in the 450 class. And, and you're finally uh, you're up there and you have the red number one plate. And I'm sure Tomac and, and some others would like to take it away from you. But... What's the game plan? Do you have to win every single weekend now? Do you feel any kind of extra pressure on your shoulders that you're like, man, I gotta, I gotta do this, or is it just business as usual? No, business as usual. I feel like uh, it's been a, um, a good season, and uh, yeah, my worst uh, place right now is uh, is the first place at that medical in the first model when I went down uh, in the first lap. So when I see uh, what happened last year and had a couple of DNFs and. Uh, problems and, and crashes that came up short in the championship. You know, uh, like you said, uh, a guy like Ryan Benji has been super consistent, and I've been, uh, you know, his teammate for many, many years, and I've been trying to learn from him. And uh, this year has been has been awesome. Being consistent, obviously, I want to win for sure, but it's been um, it's been tough. And but since the high point, I've been feeling a lot better and. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the rest of the championship. Marvin, and you just briefly talked about it, but I'm pretty sure you didn't think that you're going to win the weekend at Redbud after that first turn. Yeah, not at all. I mean, it's amazing to, uh, I, I was sitting on the podium and I mean, obviously even after the second model, uh, when, when I got second place, uh, I definitely had a shot of winning the overall at the end of the day, but um, to yeah to get it done, I was uh, I was amazed and it was uh, pretty unreal. So uh, yeah, I just gotta give it give it my best every time and then I give up and uh, and see what happens. Looking at the results, you um, uh, coming in, you you got second a number of times behind Tomac. Um, that's got to wear on a guy. And then uh, all of a sudden, here you are with the red number one plate, and you, you got it done in Southwick. And then obviously, Tomac had some bad luck in, uh, at, at Redbud. But um, 
man, I really think that's a, a testimony to you as a racer that you can uh, you can st- continue to plug away and 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 uh, work as hard as you do. Does it wear on you though when you when you give it your all and you don't have anything for the guy? Um, you know, this is racing. Um, at the end of the day, uh, if I give my best, uh, that, that's all I could ask for. And, you know, there is, uh, other competitors and, um, man, I mean, in, in any sport, you know, it, it gives your best and then sometimes you, yeah, you get, you get second. So, man, uh, it's, um, yeah, it, it can be hard, but look, it, it's not like I never, never won a race. You know what I'm saying? It's. Like if I would always get second my whole life, it, it would be uh, uh, tough. But that'd be different. Now I, I was able, I was able to to get some motor wins, and now two overalls in a row. So uh, I mean, and I get to do uh, to do you know the riding my dirt bikes uh, for a living. And uh, I know it's it's a difficult sport, but man, if you, if you look back at it, it, I mean, even if you, if you get second, you want to be the, the number one, but. Sometimes, you know, you, when you give your best, like I said, and, uh, yeah, battle it hard and still get second, it's, it's hard, but it's still a good result. <laughs> We're talking with Marvin Miskin, 450 Pro Motocross star, Red Bull KTM, hashtag no filter. Let's go to uh, back to Tony Wink. Tony, this is one of your favorite riders, hands down, over the last 10 years. Consistency, you nailed it, I think, in your estimation of what is the reason behind his success. I think it is consistency. I've seen it. You've seen it. We've talked about it. But, Marvin, where does it come from? I mean, do you are you coached uh, by by somebody in particular? Do you have a mentor that you, you sit with and talk to about it? Do you dwell on it? Is it somebody in your life that said, hey, you know what? Just get out there and give it your best. No, like uh, like we just said, I mean, um, it's funny you talk about Ryan Dungey. You know, he's been uh, uh, the number one of our sport for the last few years, and he's been my teammate and and a friend. And um, I've learned a lot from him. And um, yeah, last year I was definitely trying to to be consistent. It didn't happen. This year it's a lot better. So I just wanted to improve year after year and. Uh, I've been training really hard. I have a great trainer, Alvin Baker, and uh, we put in some, you know, really good work during the week, and it's paying off during the weekend. I'll be able to be uh, very aggressive and very consistent, like we said, but also build up a really good endurance and being able to, to fight hard for two long miles, and, you know, that's that's what I wanna I wanted to see at the end of the day. Marvin, I, I got to believe that Alden has definitely helped you with that confidence. Alden Baker. Alden Baker, yes. Um, but the confidence that you've created for yourself these last couple of weeks, I got to believe that going into Millville, that's got to give you a little bit extra extra push, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's so awesome to see your bike with the <laughs> red background. It's uh, it's that that's what you work for and um yeah i'm definitely excited to get to millville and and, and see my bike with the the red plate uh, it's gonna look good first of all and uh, right. and yeah i just wanted to keep it uh for the rest of the year it, it's gonna be a, a hard battle and i know that and i'm and definitely ready for it pj i think the red plate should go away it should be a white plate black numbers everybody else should be black plate white numbers here's why white plate good guy good guy always wins <laughs> 
Yeah, red's easier to pick up when okay. they're, when they're flying right. by. I think well, is something well like the, the motivation. Uh, <laughs> Marvin, I've always been curious, uh, as over the past uh, number of seasons, every year we seem to have, uh, with a few exceptions, more specialization within the motocross slash supercross world. Are you committed for the, as long as your future, as far out as you at least are looking right now, that you want to run both of these series? Uh, because we have seen some people uh, begin to specialize in one or the other, or have a favorite. Or are you? Do you like the the racing year round program? No, it's awesome, and that's that's why I'm here in the, in America. It's to be able to race the the biggest uh, Supercross championship, and then the motocross championship. I mean, that's the only place on earth you can do that. Um, there is other uh, small Supercross championship, like in France or Europe, but definitely not the same as uh, America. Right. So I uh, always uh, dreamed of uh, racing here and uh, being able to do both championship is uh, is awesome. Um, you get to, yeah, race and train Supercross and, and then you move on to the outdoors and, and then, you know, by Supercross and the other the year. So it, it goes by pretty quick for sure and nonstop. Tony? You, uh, you Motocross the Nations at Redbud this year, um, he won Red Bud. You live here. I, you're. I gotta believe you're going to be picked for Motocross and Nations. If he's when, not, something's wrong with yeah, the process. I can't imagine what's happening with that. Anything? Um. Well, I, I've seen uh, Pascal Fiuder, the team manager of the French team, uh, at Red Bud uh, just last weekend. So uh, he came over, and we spent some time during the weekend. And- Talk about Marcos of Nations. Do me a favor. You broke up there, Marvin. Repeat that sentence from the beginning. You have Roger came over and talked to you? No, I said uh, Pascal Fino. He's, uh, he's the, the team, French team manager. Uh, he works at the French team manager. And uh, he came over to check out, you know, Redbird and talk to me and Dylan as well. And, uh, you know, spend some time with us and, and see... Yeah, how we doing, and uh, yeah, maybe for more So, Marvin, I gotta ask. Dylan kind of seems to be pretty hot right now. I would say he'd have to be a lock, as I would say you're a lock. Um, so who's it come down to? Does is it Paul Ann? Is it Favor? Who is it? Yeah, for sure, uh, for sure. On the two fifty, like you said, Dylan has been riding really well here in the U.S. and uh, Unfortunately, right now in uh, in MX2 uh, World Championship, uh, uh, we don't have a really good French rider. There is a long, uh, a lot of young coming up riders, but they're racing the, the European Championship. So definitely, Dylan is the guy on 250, and and um, and now he knows um, you know the racing in the US and especially racing at Redbud. So that would be nice. And uh, and then on the 450 class, I mean, we know uh, Bushy Pollen and Roman Ferrer have been uh, the two riders uh, picked for Mothers of Nations, and, and they won a few times. So it's always hard to, uh, you know, compare the, the two championships and, and then to, to me. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, between them and me for sure. Well, Tony, so, uh, we never know. We, uh, on the other hand, uh, the, the French did win the World Cup. I mean, they set the world that on too, fire by winning too. the World Cup over England, right? Uh, Croatia, uh, over Croatia. Croatia. I'm sorry, not England. So You're it's right. pretty related. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm saying they're on a they're on a championship streak right oh, now. Oh, I get it. Yeah, the whole country. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's funny. I have a little story about uh, 
about Roger de Costa and myself. You know, um, it was uh, I think the yeah the semifinal uh, between France and Belgium. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, Roger was pretty confident, but France won over L- L- <laughs> Belgium. And uh, did you guys have a little wager on that or what? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's, uh, we, we we've talked we talk, we've talked about it, and uh, but yeah, France won, and uh, hopefully we we'll do the same to Roger in, in Redbud. <laughs> oh, wait a minute! Hold hey, wait on a now, minute, Marvin. Yeah, Whoa. come on now. Let's 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 not be real mean about this. Mark the tape, Jack. Actually, if we have to lose, if we be in the United States, if right. the United States has to lose, I guess it'd be at least somebody that we're a fan to, like Marvin, right? Right. So yeah. <laughs> well, and you guys yeah. are def- defending champions, right? Still. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, that kind of... Yeah, but let's go back to the war days. French... Oh, uh, that's could, not... You know the what? French could... Not before even, my time. Not even... Before all of our time. <laughs> yeah. Marvin, no. I think it's great, and... and uh, we're fans. We're fans, and, and you know Big that, fans. and we appreciate you and your wife always being available to... Uh, great. ...to uh, when we want to want to get you guys on or get you on, and, and tell her we said thanks, okay? Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. No. Good luck in your run to the title. Yeah, thank you, guys. Marvin, we have one, uh, just one sentence left for you. Ready for it? Yep. Vive la France. Yep. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> yeah, merci beaucoup. Oui, oui. Uh-huh. Thanks, Marvin. Bye-bye. All right, quick time out on the, uh, on the program. I want to thank uh, our good friends at Fly, Fly Racing. You know, their first uh, thing that they did that really set the world on fire was creating that true lightweight racewear. And they brought that to the market, the original gear line, to find the minimalist lightweight category. But when you're first, you have to stay on the gas, and Fly continues to develop and improve this premium gear with the addition of the BOA system. This revolutionary waist adjustment system offers fast and on-the-fly micro-adjustability with a truly dialed-in fit. A simple turn of the dial delivers unparalleled performance, comfort, and convenience. Visit flyracing.com for more details. This is Davey Coombs, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
This is 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the Daly on family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The Daly Ons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the Daly Ons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack Daly on Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. This is Chris Teeth McNeil. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio, and it's to win it. All right, welcome back to the show. This portion of our program brought to you by our good friends at uh, at Wiseco Performance Products. They carry a full line of forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crankshaft, forged connecting rods, valves, and a lot more. As a matter of fact, about anything you need from your motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, PWC, outboard marine, or automobile that's made on planet Earth, as far as I'm as far as I know, I think they're all made on planet Earth still, aren't they? Yeah, we uh, haven't we yeah. haven't gotten any no. from any other extraterrestrials yet, but we're always looking. We are looking. I mean, we're looking outside the market. As a matter of fact, look for them, wiseco.com. And that brings me to my next topic, du jour. Ready for it? Hicklin Power Sports. I called. I got myself an appointment. I'm looking forward to my very first haircut at Hicklin Power Sports Salon. You got to make it. Come on out. It's called the Garage Gals. Garage Gals. gals. Cutting cutting hair your way, your style, affordable prices. Plus, while you're waiting, you get to cruise uh, all the, uh, what do you call, is it TBA still? Is it TBA, all the parts and accessories, uh, you know, the add-on stuff? Is that, my dad's gas station, we called it TBA, right? Uh, tires, batteries, part, accessories. Uh, we just call it parts and accessories. So, Absolutely, but we got a. The, the building is constantly, it seems, being remodeled. Right. So we've got yet more things displayed um, in new and cool ways. We've got uh, a whole bunch of really neat accessories. Uh, the parts department's doing a wonderful job. We think we just put a TV behind the parts counter today. So nice. You, if you get bored ordering your parts, you'll have something to watch. What's the good board? You get great guys behind the counters That's that are right. chatting you up because you know what? They're glad you're there, right? Yeah, absolutely, I mean, and guys so, know what they're and they know what they're talking about at our parts counter, which is well, and your service counter too. Here's to the deal: um, I come out there, and sure, I know you, okay, but my experience with you is going to be very similar to the experience that customers will have. Absolutely, because what do they want? What do they want? They, they want they want service. They want knowledge. Want it done right. They want expertise. They want it done right the first time. They don't want to have to come back. Uh, in a perfect world, they wouldn't even have to wait for such service. But we are that busy, and they do have to wait sometimes. But 
that's just part of the business. All right, so I have a Yamaha Raider, number 238 of 500. Yep, you have one of those fancy numbered ones. It still looks brand new. Okay, I am. Uh, right. I'm about six payments away from paying it off. Oh, keep that thing forever, man. And that's it. You how, know, many, how many miles? Uh, fifteen sixty. Fifteen sixty. I'm five bucks. Crack the thousand. Crack well, the thousand. There's a yeah. lot of guys like me. They're they're, they're not there that are. far from the office or the nope. shop or wherever they work. And uh, you know, we ride it for pleasure. We don't ride it because this is the lifestyle we're going to live. It's because we like the lifestyle. And we're going to take a taste of it as often as we can. So. What's a good lesson to learn for a guy like me? And I'm going to ask this question for all of our listeners. How often, a bike that doesn't get ridden that much, how often should we be changing the oil, checking the brakes, checking the air in the tires? How much How how much time should we be spending on service? Definitely, I would say every other year. If you're only putting a few hundred miles on yeah. and it's being kept in a nice heated garage or something that's just not dead. Hold on, cold. hold on. I just came back in the room. If you're spending, if you're putting two hundred miles on in a year, few hundred miles. I said a few hundred miles a year. Few. I'd still change the you oil. You should straight it off for a minivan stop. <laughs> Actually, that's what I stored it. Or, Tony. Or, hey, or what do I see? Here? I got it from Lanny's Auto down in Winterset, Iowa. Okay. Thirteen hundred bucks took me six have years. Have we got to our uh, our wonderful guest? Let's Did go to our here? next guest. Let's go to Austin Forkner. Austin, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, dialing us in. How are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. Good to have you, man. You scored a consistent uh, top 10 finishes this outdoor season with uh, your best coming at high point. What was that like for you, that that best of the season at high point? Um, it was good. Um, I uh, Really, it was just uh, I wanted it to happen a little sooner and maybe one of the first three rounds. I had a good ride at um, Thunder Valley, but just didn't quite get on the podium. Um, but... Uh, just kind of have had some weird stuff happen since then, like with getting taken out by a few guys and stuff like that. But I, I was I was pumped at High Point just because that was my first podium of the year, and I was hoping at this point to have a few more. But I mean, you know, is what it is. Yeah, well, talk about the few that the two more that you should have had. <laughs> uh, man, what a bummer, dude! Talk about both of them, Southwick and Redbud. Yeah, uh, Southwick. Honestly, uh, Alex was he was going a little faster than me. Um, at Southwick, and I don't know if I could have held him off for the rest of the moto, but I was going to try, and, and either way, I pretty much had second overall wrapped up. Like, it was me and Alex, and then behind us, like, nobody was really consistent, so it was like, I mean, you know, I, I was going to get second overall, basically, no matter what. Um, and then uh, we got together, and I went down and knocked the wind out of me and uh, kind of got rocked a little bit. Um, and then Red Bud... Um, I mean, I felt, like, really good all day. Like, that was the best I felt <clears throat> on my bike all season. Actually, in probably for a couple of years now, that's the best I felt on my bike. And um, just caught Lessinger past them. And I had been taking that outside because uh, the inside, you had to kind of seat down to that next table. And I could go outside. And in the corner, it was a little bit slower, but I could go outside and scrub it. And then have, I made multiple passes in that section because I went outside there because I had scrub and carry more momentum into the next turn and it was faster. And I went into it and I was like the whole time down the rollers, I was trying to think about what I should do. I was like, well, should I go inside or should I just take the line that I've been taking all day and go outside? Cause I know what it is. And then I went outside, he was there and I checked up, but I watched it in slow-mo a few times and his back, his back wheel knob actually caught my front wheel knob and just like, ripped the bike out of my hands basically so 
um, yeah, the, both were a bummer, and I'm, you know, kind of regretting taking that outside. But you know, how, how pissed were you though? I did both of those deals. I, <laughs> I was real pissed. Yeah, uh, on, like I was. <laughs> did at first? At, at, uh, yeah, at, at Redbud, I was probably more pissed just because uh, I was just like I was the fastest guy that day. I saw, I'm pretty sure I had fast laps in both motos. Um, I was riding so good um, that I was like, I mean. I, I was going to win. Like, that's just, that, especially that moto with the position that I was in, I, I, I felt great. Like, I wasn't tired. Like, I was feeling, I was feeling solid. So, I was probably more mad then just because of how good that I felt that day. Um, and, and just, again, for having it happen two weeks in a row, that just made it even worse because I was just like, well, that exact same thing basically happened last week. So, you know. Hey, since you're a Midwest boy, how many uh, family friends came up for that? Um, there was a few at Redbud. I think the I think there's going to be a few at Millville. I think Millville is actually one of the. I think Millville's it's closer. A closer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, than than Redbud. So I think more of them are going to be at Millville. But um, there was a that there was a few at Redbud. So of, um, like some of the guys were kind of making their pro debut at like some of the guys that I train with, just like went to Redbud for like their pro debut and stuff. So um, yeah, it was, it was good. Had you ridden Red Bud as, a, as an amateur? Yeah, um, a few times. Um, yeah, just kind of for, lo- I think it was for like the national races. I went up and watched and then would ride the pro day just because it was, it, they would usually prep it pretty good. Um, and, and sometimes we get to ride the pro layout too, yeah. like an amateur. So it was, that was kind of, I, I just tried on like my, Super many years and my big bike years, I tried to get on as many of the national tracks as I could before I was going to go pro just to be on them. Yeah. I, I remember seeing you at a lot of those races. I'd go for Wiseco and and uh, and you actually came to my track in Winterset, Iowa uh, a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I mean, I've been a big fan of yours for a while and, and excited to see that you go pro. I'm ready for you to get start winning some outdoors, though, buddy, because. Yeah. It's uh, you're no, right there, and you're right where we thought you would be. You know, I didn't think it would take this long, honestly. But um, pretty neat to see you doing it, and 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 I really think you're you're due. I think you're going to get a win. Yeah, I mean, I really need one, and I mean, just uh, I mean, I haven't had one since um, I haven't won outdoors since uh, I believe it was Ironman my first year. I think that's my only outdoor win. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean. It's not for lack of effort. I've been trying and doing everything I can just the past couple weekends. You know, stuff hasn't exactly gone my way. But, I mean, I we made some bike changes between Southwick and Redbud, and my bike feels amazing. Like, it was, I could pretty much do whatever I wanted to at Redbud, um, and, it, and it, felt, it felt good with and with how rough that track was, too. That, you know, it, it, you needed a good handling bike, and my bike felt great. So, I'm pretty confident for the rest of the season. Um so Austin, we had uh, Benny Bloss on last week, and apparently somebody lost a bet and something about a haircut or something. Yeah, where can you shed a little light on that? Maybe. Uh, Robbie, my trainer, Robbie Raynard, didn't like my hair, um, and my <laughs> one of my friends from New Zealand has been over here hanging out with me, and. Um, he also had a similar haircut, and he was just making fun of us. And he was like, "If you don't get a win by, re- I, I never really fully agreed to this deal 
but he was like, <laughs> oh now now it's I never <laughs> really signed up. Kind of sounds like he did. And um, yeah, I never fully agreed to do. It was like you don't win by red bud, and this was probably about I want to say after high point. Yeah, I think it was after high point. He was like, oh, you were close last weekend, and then he pulls out like the he's like. I was like, eh, I don't know. And he's like, what, do you not think you can win? He, like, pulls that card out on me. And I'm like, no, I think I can win. And he's like, well, then what's, what's the problem? Why don't you do the bet? So I kind of had to. Um, and if the bet was if I didn't win by red butt, I had to shave my head, and I didn't win, so I had to shave my head. You know, I don't know if a uh, shaved head would be any worse than what you had. Um, no, I <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what was it? You look like a cross between Mickey Diamond and Factory Phil Lawrence in the wow. like 90s. The mid-90s. With that yeah, bleached, <laughs> you don't even know who those yeah, guys are, I, probably. I mean, yeah, you know, it was it was all. I, I mean, I don't really care. I, I was just kind of running it, and I was I wanted to get it bleached out just for one time to, to do it, and then everybody was talking about it, so I was like, hey, I'm kind of like I, like people at the church could be like like if I had a hat on, they'd be like, yo, take off your hat, and I would take <laughs> off, and they'd be like, yeah, like. I don't. I don't know if they like it or if they're making fun of me. Let's go to line like, three. We have Mickey yeah. Diamond. Uh, Mickey, what are your thoughts on the uh, the trend of the hairstyle you set? Oh, it's okay, Scott. Thanks, Mickey. Anyway, appreciate that. Let's go back to Austin Fortner. Austin Fortner, our guest. Tony, this is a guy you've had your eye on for a while now. Yeah, um, for sure. As, like I said, as, right? as an amateur, um, you know, excited. Watched him race. Have you gotten any taller? <laughs> um, I'm a. Probably 5'8", oh. 5'9". Oh, you're I'm, I'm, way taller. Oh, he's, that's perfect yeah. rider height. That's, Finally. that's what everybody wants, right? I just thought, yeah, I should remember I'm, being kind of really short, short when he passed me on a super mini in practice every time, and I'd be embarrassed. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I was short. Um, I was real short, even when I got on big bikes. Like, my first, like, year on big bikes was kind of a struggle because I was just short and little, and the, I was light enough that the bike wouldn't really handle that great, and... We were trying to run like a lower, like a cut subframe and a few other things like that. And just like the stuff wasn't really working that great. It just like kind of changes stuff and it just wasn't that great. So um, I really was pretty happy whenever I started to grow. And now I'm, I'm pretty much perfect right now as far as like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, and about 155 to 160. So that's like where I want to be at least for, for 250s, maybe get a little heavier once I get on four right now I'm pretty perfect yeah Austin you uh I mean are you locked down have you got you know when you see a season that's it's got so much potential in it and and we know we believe you're you're absolutely due as we've already said I mean are you ready for ready for the off season have you got your next season already locked down as far as what you're doing who you're doing you know what team you're riding is that all said and done or did you feel like you're on a bubble right now for for proving yourself even though you've had some great great results um i mean next year uh i'm contracted through next year anyway so no i not really i mean i haven't really talked to it very many i mean a, a few people um, but I haven't really talked to anybody about anything just because everybody kind of knows, like, at least the teams kind of know that I'm contracted another year, but, um, I don't really know what I'm going to do yet. It's, uh, I mean, I, I don't really know. Nobody has really offered me anything or I've not really even thought about it really just because I'm already contracted through next year and I'm really just focused on trying to get some results right now. And then, I mean, if I can get results now and, 
do what I think I can do, then, I mean, everybody will want me. So it's just a matter of putting in the results. What's a, what's a situation like down at Rainers Tramp, uh, training camp? Is it, uh, you guys got a pretty good, pretty good, uh, routine down there and, and who's helping you besides, besides Robbie? Robbie's, uh, the only guy we have, a he's the only, uh, trainer as far as on the bike stuff. Um, we have a gym trainer, uh, just a local guy that Robbie kind of met and he's a good guy and I, I feel like he knows what he's doing. I just started working with him, uh, this year, um, just started for outdoors. Um, I, whenever I busted up my shoulder, um, I don't know, I guess just Mitch felt like I needed to make a change. So we made a change, changed a few things. I was kind of just training with Robbie as my on the bike trainer. When you say, when you say Mitch, you mean Mitch Payton? Yeah. Yeah. Mitch Mitch Payton. And he, uh, so I made a change. Just, he felt that I needed to be more hands-on training because I was working with a guy that wasn't here. He would kind of just send me my workout. Um, and you know, just sometimes if I'm going to the gym by myself, just, it's not even that like, I I feel like I'm pushing hard, but sometimes if you just work out as a group with other guys, you'll go harder and you won't think about like stuff as much. So I just went to a guy here in Oklahoma city and, um, I'm working with Rob, Robbie kind of like, they kind of coordinate, uh, cardio and lifting and, Stuff like that, and then Robbie's obviously on the bike. Now, lifting's so, got to, you know, it's, lifting's great, but you can't, if you get big bulbous muscles, you get stiff, you're not as flexible. Uh, so doing the right kind of lifting and the right number of reps. That's kind of what happened to me. I got that's you. Well, you did. Got you, got, you got swole up. Yeah. <laughs> so, Y'all jacked up, I'm dude. so jacked mm-hmm. right now. He got swolled up, yeah. but that wasn't because of muscles. I was telling Austin earlier, I was like, he said well, he had a workout, and I said, Pfft. Mine last eight minutes. How long did well, you No, last? no, no. It's even <laughs> less than that because how many hot dogs can you eat in five minutes? I've seen you do it, but it's a massive amount of weight if you accumulate. On race day or not race day? <laughs> On Before race day. Oh, 10 or 12? 10 or 12, easy. Mustard. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, sponsor list. Who you got, Austin? Um, Boston, Pro Circuit, Kawasaki, uh, Fox, uh, Bell Helmet, Scott Goggles, Specialized Bike, um, my uh, whole family, um, God for keeping me safe, and just everybody. Are you? Are you, have, you team. have you been able to twist up one of those specialized frames yet? No, I've been pretty lucky lately as far as like seeing some guys like wreck the bikes and stuff. They turn they tear them up because they're carbon. So right, right. Any sort of stress on them. In the old days, when we had we had those Anlon frames made in uh, Taiwan, you could twist yeah. those up pretty easy, and man, you played hell getting them back. I tell you what, yeah. you might as well sell yeah. it on eBay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What are you talking about? Yeah, Anlin Frames was a, was a was a was a like a forged frame, and then it, it had incredible welding. But the frame would twist, and if you put any downward pressure, I sold these bikes. I, I sold for Fila at the time, and when you twisted the frame, you could never get it back to, to true center. Was that before electricity or what? Yeah, of course <laughs> it was. Obviously, that's a lot. We, we, Austin, bar- we barely had mirrors. Yeah. Austin, I'm going on break. Thanks yeah. for thanks for joining us, buddy. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Austin. Thanks. Why are you going to be like that? That's a true story. True story. Anyway, stay tuned. We'll uh, have more pit pass and more of Tony Wink just discrediting everything I say, which is nothing new. And then you idiots jump in. Thanks so much, PJ. And... I got Roman? I got nothing to add. No, I of course you don't. No, oh, sorry. No, I just took sorry, the steam sorry. out of your uh, out of your sails, as it were. Anyway, stay tuned. More with Tony Wink and his commentary after this. Hi, this is Doug Henry, a 
Captain Snowcross, Winter X Games gold medalist, and you're listening to Pit Pass. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA Closure System race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. Hey, this is Ken Roxa. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Well, the big news, of course, hitting uh, central Iowa and the Midwest is that Carl's Performance Center is closing here in a few weeks, and uh, we hope that's not bad news for Clint Quisenberry, one of the uh, longtime co-hosts of this program, because valuable, valuable uh, quantity is uh, is a great mechanic, somebody that knows how to uh, build and rebuild. But Clint Quisenberry, we do want to wish him the very best, and Carl Moyer as well. He's done an awful lot for the racing community, and I know that Carl Chevrolet will go on, and that's a separate business, but we hope that's not an indicator. 
because he's uh, nobody sells more cars than he's, Carl's. But he's got that new place in Stewart, right? That he's putting a lot of a lot of effort and a lot money. of lot of effort and money into. And I heard that I'm, you were going to work there. Is there any truth to that? Uh, you know what? Um, I got a job, right? And I'm happy with it, and it's close. And they're great people. So, so you're saying? I'm saying no. I'm saying there's a chance. I, I'm saying I'm saying there's a chance. There's always a chance because money talks, right? It does. And then you walk. Well, you exactly. know what I? You know what I don't want to do? What is that? Get a job. Well, Tony, that's been a problem you your entire life I don't because think you, you could. You've, you've been an inventor, a creator, an entrepreneur. <laughs> I've also slept. I've also, also lived in my van next to my. Suzuki you lived in ter- a building ter- with ter- no running water, Tony, and that's a violation of Winterset laws. And not in this country, too. Nothing says having a job keeps you from living in your car. Ask but you me know, how I know. I, t- I, t- I, t- <laughs> I will tell you that. Um, Every one of our racers that has come up through uh, any type of racing has always experienced a downtime, a good time, a bad time, a better time, right? And our next, uh, our, our next racer, our next star on the show, surely has had some similar experiences. He races for uh, Auto, uh, Waters Auto Body D&D Power Sports KTM on that 450 SXF. Uh, he is Tanner Dean. He joins us now. Tanner, are there some hard luck stories in your career story? Yeah, most definitely. I, uh, I've had some bad times, and I've had some great times, but that's just racing. What's the worst time? The worst time at the track is probably when you when you know you're going to have a good day, and you know you're going to uh, get a good result, and the bike decides to break. Or you have no fuel. Yeah, or you run out there and have no fuel. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pit Pass, my friend. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Tony, let's kick it off. Well, I think we should start by congratulating him on his... Uh, first win of the season thanks man it, it was definitely uh hard-earned you know i i definitely worked my butt off to get it is it any coincidence that there are seven states where willie nelson is now legal uh and and <laughs> you nelson <laughs> and you and you now win at weed that's Sport funny raceway <laughs> yeah I think it's uh I think that's pretty funny actually. I never really thought about that. Well, that's a Clint Black joke I heard he told me on Friday and it's that's funny. It's a, it's a good joke, really. How was that concert? I'm, I was bummed I couldn't go. Yeah, but Clint is uh, a consummate performer. When you have backstage passes like like a big well, deal like you are kind of a rock star. It's, yeah. it's okay. Well, we're country western. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Tanner, what's what is Weed Sport Speedway like? It's a D-shaped track. Uh Corners are very different, very technical. Uh, always choose different lines throughout both the corners. It's a, we call it a short track, but it's kind of the size of a half mile. Um, basically, it's uh, one corner is completely straight, and the other one's another full corner. So it's different. Nothing. I've never read anything like it, and uh, I think AFC needs to put more tracks like that on the map. It sounds like Definitely. a state fair track, doesn't it? You say it's a D-shaped D- track? D-shape, yeah. Yeah, so that's... You know, that creates a lot of pass. And what was the race like? Uh, I w- it was actually very stressful. Um, I-, I didn't know I pulled a-, a big lead. And then as soon as Dan Bromley, number 62, on the KTM behind me, uh, he actually came into one corner and he hit me just kind of saying, hey, I'm right there. And uh, basically told me if I messed up, he'd pass me. So <laughs> the track definitely allowed for a lot of passing. That, D- that D-shape really, uh, that, that whole straightaway curve allowed allowed for a lot of people to go a lot of places and to move people out of the way so on and so forth but that uh it 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 definitely was the you know something i've never really done before and to come out with the win on a track that i've never really you know had the chance to ride you know it's amazing 
Tanner, how have you been uh, enjoying uh, this season? Has seen the announcement by KTM that, hey, we're going to have this big, great team next year, realistically, and you're not the only guy who's doing really well on a KTM. I mean, is this your first season on the KTM, or had you run one before? Uh, this is actually my first season on the KTM, and I've only actually run two races on that KTM so far. I uh, I, I used to run a Honda uh, midway through this season, but my buddy Wyatt Anderson, who is now my teammate, co- contacted me, and I got hooked up with Waters Auto Body. And just to go to the second race, feeling super comfortable on the KTM, I came, you know, to win on a bike that I've only ridden twice is absolutely crazy to me i think you know you and i are a lot like brothers because i was one spot sponsored by waters auto land how about that hey big shout out to uh, ghetto customs and resident sv650 ace chris Parrish, listening in right now and texting thank you chris appreciate that let's go back to our guest tanner tanner dean tanner are, are you number 38 is that is that the number you go under yeah okay and and how long have you been racing just give us a brief little uh, uh snapshot of your career uh, probably around 10 to 13 years. I started when I was about seven, seven or seven or eight. And um, would you start in Tacoma and in, in around Tacoma, Washington? Yeah. So I started in, uh, this track called Rainier, Washington, uh, ran by, uh, Danny and Wayne Cooley. Oh, how far away from where Villapoto grew up? Uh, I don't know Filipotto's exact location, but he owns a track near me that's probably around an hour away. Um, we know where it's at, but we're not supposed to yeah. share it. So do you do a lot of cross-training, Tanner? Uh, kind of. You know, I, I do I do a lot of training. Um, I go to Brad Baker's house a lot, and me and him spend endless amount of laps, you know, every single day that he's home because he's two that's minutes cool. away from me. So uh, one day, actually, we got Ryan Filipotto's show up at brad's house oh yeah i guess he was he was fly tracking for a bit brad you i mean pj i'm sorry if brad baker showed up at your house would you uh, be totally thrilled i I would be absolutely ecstatic (laughs) i couldn't keep up with him i think tanner can probably at least keep him in sight right yeah i hope so me and brad uh became brothers basically we're we're super close that's pretty cool it's awesome to have a person like that you know kind of helping me racing and all that stuff when RV showed up, was he he was he fly tracking? Yeah, actually, he was battling out the, with some of the pros out there. You know, he wasn't a slug at all. He definitely gave us a run for our money. Wow, that's a isn't that crazy? Well, I think I mean, if you're Villapoto, right, and you're quick, your confidence is there. <laughs> Whatever, right? isn't that crazy though? We saw a lot of hey, dude. Hey, I'm hey, you're flat track moto, motocrossers. Um, good motocrossers have to know how to you know flat right. corners a flat corner. And I saw some guys going pretty fast on knobs you, yeah. at your track. You make too many excuses for yourself, Tony. I think. <laughs> hey, there let, me, let me ask guys. you this: as far as as what kind of rubber were you, are you running, and and what do you put most of your faith in when it comes to tires? Uh, we run a tire called a Class C tire, usually Dunlop uh, CD5, CD8, CD10. Um, they're really a flat based tire with little you know little lugs on them that allow us to slide but have control. Right. Uh, we, I can rely on the tires as much as possible. That's the requirement tire for AFT. Some tracks require basically CD10 is the hardest compound, CD8 is kind of a medium, and CD5 is the softest. Sometimes AFT uh, requires a certain tire, and you can switch between what ones you want. Um, if I have the option to run the softer tire, I usually do. 
uh, depending on the track. Tanner, you said you really enjoyed uh, Weedsport. Of course, you won there, so that follows. But you, you like that type of course. Does that mean you're uh, you, you fancy yourself more of a TT uh, racer? Are you, are you a big fan of uh, the miles? I mean, what's your favorite discipline or, or type of track that you guys get to run throughout the season? Uh, personally, I'm a big fan of the miles. Uh, I grew up racing clay, you know, clay short track, clay TTs, clay, you know, sometimes clay half miles. So I'm really a clay-based rider. Uh, I just have that style growing up, and uh, that's where usually I excel a lot is, like, riding at weed sport or, as per se, last year at Calistoga. Um, I, I, I really, I'd probably say half miles are my favorite, just the technical, you know, everybody can go full throttle down a straightaway, but nobody can really master the, the you know, roll-on, roll-off scene. I have a race that I put on in Davenport, Iowa. It's it's a uh, it's a thirtieth year actually. I bought the event a couple years ago, but it's the vintage flat track race, and we do have a modern pro class that pays decent. Um, it's August thirty first, so it's the Friday before Springfield. Any chance we get you to come over and do some racing? It's about two yeah. hours away. I'll introduce yeah, I- you to the guys from uh, American Pickers. How about that? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll definitely make plans for it. Uh, yeah, just if I get the info, I'll, I'll definitely uh, I'll uh, I'll see if I can make my way down for that. Perfect. I'll send it to you, and I'll, I'll cover your expense. You know, as far as the entry fee and that kind of thing, I'll get you in no no problem. And what's and, a, what's uh, the award pays. we give away? We give away the John Parm Award. It's the yeah the lifetime achievement lifetime award. Achievement that we'll award. give that yeah. away during sure. halftime, and um, and uh, I was, would imagine Tanner'd be. <laughs> interested in the pay we we give out what, so. what kind of money are we talking about 15 16 dollars 17 thousand well it's not 15 dollars i mean it's not that big end, scott right? but it's, it's not that rich but you get enough, i mean enough to buy the nachos and it, stuff. Was, it was a good race last year and, with uh, cheese I and mean, it's a half mile yeah it's a it's a nice track there at uh, the quad cities and you get to watch the bonuses you get to watch the board trackers going around which was awesome yeah hey tanner we look forward to talking again soon hopefully we can convince you to come out to davenport and it's uh, it's at the mississippi valley uh, fairgrounds right tony yep about two and a half hours from springfield I understand they've invested in a new sound system this year uh, yes i have <laughs> whoa you have okay yeah. very good <clears throat> boy fair board there okay anyway hey thank you uh tanner uh sponsors who do you want to thank before we cut you free uh, i can't give enough thanks to dave and ronda waters for uh taking all their time out of their life to you know help my race program and help me going through the year i gotta thank dnd power sports chuck hubby walworth racing cc motorcycles Spectral oil evan coolant and just everybody that really helped me throughout my whole career i can't thank you guys enough weed sport raceway the event was sold out and the guy that stood out amongst all the man we've been talking to tanner dean had a lot of fun with you tanner thanks for rolling with it buddy no problem, man. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. We'll do it again. Uh, you know, coming up in hour number two, um, this is an hour, As we, if you listened to last, uh, last week's program, you heard us talk to Chris Ulrich. We ran over with Chris by, I don't know, seven, eight minutes, but it's because we enjoy the conversation. Um, and this week, and, and I asked Chris, can we get your dad on next week? And that's this week, and we do have John Ulrich coming up in hour number two. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can be. Uh, this is by invitation only, by the way. The t- phone number to dial in is 866-333-5966 or 515-284-5966. If you'd like to ask John Ulrich, uh, the man, the myth, the legend be- behind uh, Road Racing World, uh, questions about safety, 
about progress, where we've come from, where we are today, the difference between, oh, I don't know, difference between uh, where where AMA is right now. And, I'm, and, you know, if you think about it, compare and contrast, Moto America versus DMG. Are we in a better place today? I know how I'm going to answer, but let's see how John answers, and perhaps you have questions uh, very much alike. So if you'd like to dial in now, get yourself in line, that's cool. We're going to only take a few calls, but uh, we promise to spend about 30 minutes with John uh, coming up in our number two. Uh, Ghetto Customs and Resident SV650 Ace, Chris Parrish, is listening in. He says he loves the show, always listens. He's running the Twins Cup with Moto America and sits firmly, Tony Wink, in first place how about that chris parish in first place um and and i guess i was never doubting him but it's nice to see a guy that i'm hoping i get a piece of him when i get down to barber at the end of september he will be racing in the ama uh season finale there and well, I what is that what, what does that mean a piece of him uh, i want to go riding with him chris well, parish is a lot of fun to ride with is after he? he locks down the title maybe he'll stick around and ride with me on monday at barber that'd be cool huh yeah no do yeah. you have to pay for that privilege i sure do so but he could... might not have to right he's a somebody he <laughs> yeah. might not have to pay i'll be but paying you could go under the media credentials on pit pass radio yeah, we'll have to see if that works. Yeah, well, let me make the call. Set it up for you, brother. How about that? All right, stay tuned. Hour number two is coming up next. We've got great guests there. Tony will tell you about it in hour number two, but I'll tell you right now. Cam Peterson is coming up, but we'll start the hour off with a man that's in the know and a guy whose opinion we respect. We're talking about John Ulrich. You're listening to America's Motor Racing Talk Show. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Stay tuned. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy-duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber
Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Scott Casper with you, along with Tony Wink in studio, as always. Uh, Roman Avita, PJ Duran, at Kuhn Camp along the way. Uh, instant news, by the way, coming up next week. Jay Gagne is going to be joining us. He is in country, so uh, we are planning on having Jake join us next week. In this hour, uh, pretty cool hour, really. Uh, Cam Peterson, bottom of the hour. We're going to talk with John Ulrich, guys who, a guy whose opinion I happen to value amongst, well, those that I really, truly respect. John has ulterior motives, and they're the right, right ones, by the way. Safety of riders, recognizing those who do good things. And by the way, if I just hung up on you and your name is Andy, please call back in, okay? I, Jack, I hung up on Andy, okay? And I'm just asking him to call back in. Numbers call in 866-333-5966 or 515-284-5966. Again, I appreciate John's opinion because he doesn't, uh, he doesn't cut any uh, onions or any corners. He just tells it the way it is, and 99.99999% of the time, he's spot on. He joins us now from his offices. John, how are you? Doing good. How about you? Good, man. Thanks. As always, you're always there for us, and uh, I apologize it's taken so long to get you back on. We had Chris on last week, uh, kind of a chip off the old block, if you don't mind me saying so, but uh, legitimately, um, you know, you're one of those guys that has absolutely been making sense and speaking the truth. Uh, and you and I had a conversation earlier today, and I want to start there. Um, I asked you a question. When was the golden age of motorcycling for racers, for dealers, for manufacturers, and parts manufacturers? And your response was? Oh, you want me to repeat it now? Well, and maybe you can even shorten it up. It might make good radio. I think never so. know. You never know. <laughs> well, I think I've, I think I've changed my mind a little bit on that. It's like this. It's like this. Can you can you go outside today and ride your motorcycle? Can you go race your motorcycle? Yes, you can. This is your golden age. That's yeah. it, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Live in the now. I like it. Live in but, the now. You know, listen. I run into guys all the time, and they talk about, oh, you know, the golden age was when uh, Augustini was winning all the GPs. Yeah, he was doing it on a four cylinder. He was racing a bunch of guys on Norton Manxes. All due respect, the guy's a great rider. Uh, he he went on. To, obviously, he, was, he he rode 500 GP against some really good guys. But you know, sometimes people talk about the golden age when MV was winning everything. Well, you know, I I, I beg to differ. I, you know, I go to the races now, and I see a bunch of guys the front battling. Nobody knows who's going to win, right? I mean, there were guys saying Lorenzo would never win again. And guess what happened? He won. He won twice in three weeks. Right? Yeah, that so, has I mean, seemed rather ironic that uh, no, no, he found form. One of the things I love about racing is you really never know what's going to happen. It's a very, very complicated puzzle, right? So, you know, you got to give respect to anybody who can ride those things the way that the guys run at the front can. And, and but you got to also know that it's very difficult to win. It's very difficult to get everything lined up where the bike's doing what you need it to do and feeling the way you need it to, and your head's straight and everything's good, and you go out and you kick ass. And everybody's riding the same tires now, too. Back then, it wasn't that way, right? I mean, think about it. You had, yeah. you had the top three, four guys running spec tires from a manufacturer, and everybody else was riding what they could grab. Well, 
you know, not exactly, but what you've seen historically, and the reason that we everybody every just about every series ended up with spec tires was because there would be a series, and there would be a dominant tire manufacturer, and they'd supply really, really good tires to a few guys, right. and some not quite so good tires to other guys. And you know, if you if you weren't among the anointed few, you couldn't get those tires at any price in any way, any circumstance. There's no way. So when you came off your truck at the start of, for, the, for the first day of practice, you were a second and a half behind, and no matter how fast you went, you were a second and a half behind. And you couldn't get it back. So, I mean, you know, guys talk about all the time, oh, yeah, you know, it's too bad it's not open tires, everybody can run everything, yada, yada. I'll tell you what, if you weren't an anointed rider or on an anointed team prior to spec tires, you weren't going to win races. And that's the way it was. I mean, I can remember guys, I can remember Josh Hayes one time, the first time he got a really, really good tire. He was riding an attack superbike, and he talked about it after the race. Man, you know, the tire guy gave me a really good tire, and it was really great. And his results were substantially better than they were before he got that tire. Now, since then, of course, we went to the National Series here in the U.S., went to spec tires, and Josh beat everybody heads up four times, and he's a great rider. But I'm just saying, prior to spec tires, it was very, very difficult. You could have all the talent in the world, and if you didn't have the tire, you were not going to win on that day. And that has they have equalized that across most series, certainly not all of them around the our country and the globe. John, you you have personally been a very fast racer and then a father of a very fast racer. With the retirement of your son, are you are you feeling a hole in the family uh, the family heritage? There uh, is there a is there a next generation of old rich racer on the horizon that you see coming out of uh, one of the backyards that you're probably in? Well, you know, it's like if, if a guy, if a kid wants to race, he's going to race. I mean, I knew Chris wanted to be a racer from age three. Okay, but you know, uh, if, if he was going to be a racer one way or another, it got down to you know, his, his mother was not real thrilled about the concept of him racing. And, you know, she said flat out, you know, I've collected you from the ER enough times that I know what the deal is. So, no, he's not going to be a motorcycle racer. But what it came down to is, you know, he's going to do it one way or another. He was getting a lot of trouble in school. He was getting in trouble in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, I needed, a, I needed a really good carrot to get him back under control. And that carrot was a YZR50. And it took him racing and told him, hey, you're not going to get any more failing grades. I'm not going to go talk to the vice principal at the school anymore. You know, or if I do, you're not going to get to ride this thing. So if you fly straight, do what you're supposed to do and get some decent grades and behave, we'll race this thing. And we'll do it as long as you keep that end of the bargain. And he did. That sounds very similar story, John, to mine, actually. And truly, the only reason I had my own apartment, I had my own place, and paying my paying the rent with with. Suzuki contingency and the old man comes and takes the motorcycles and I'm like, wait a minute. It's gonna he's, be hard to pay rent if I don't you have said the to rent be an maker. adult and he's like, You're flunking school. You're not you're I'm still your dad. I don't care what happens. And that's and yeah, I mean that's I think John, I think a lot of parents don't realize what a what powerful you, carrot that oh is. Oh my gosh, it is it is so powerful well, and, well, and sure, but a, a kid's still gotta graduate high school. I mean I know some guys who've gone pretty far in racing. And don't even 
college, uh, don't even have high school degrees. And sometimes I wonder how they can even function in well, society. Well, I did get a degree, thank you very much, with D minuses st- straight across. Well, straight across. I saw the I saw the final <laughs> card. Well, Chris went straight up to a B, B average and stayed there. I, I didn't have to, you know, I got, a, I got a phone call several months into the project, and it was, guy calls up and he says he's so-and-so from the school and he wants to tell me that my son Christopher is student of the month. And I'm, look, I'm looking at the phone and thinking, which one of my friends is doing this? Trip, right? <laughs> There's no way that he turned it around this quickly, but in fact he had. Wow. Yeah, it was inc- it, it was incredible. But I guess I'm getting a little bit off the question, but, you know, if, if someone's going to be a racer, uh, they'll figure out a way to be a racer. So if one of the grandkids decides he's going to be a racer and figures out what he needs to do to do that and he wants me to help him, I'm going to help him. But, you know, I'm not going to tell some kid he has to be a racer. You know, you can't make somebody who doesn't want to race be a racer, and you can't stop somebody who wants to race from, from racing. That That's the way it is, but they have to decide. It's, it's their decision. And, of course, you know, in the case of Chris's kids or Haley's kids, uh, you know, that's they, they've got something to say about that, too. i got to respect the parental prerogative, you know, but if, but if uh, Chad wants to go racing and the parents are on board, you know, it could happen. John, in your many years involved with racing, whether it be, you know, as a board member with the AMA or being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Recently, yeah. Recently. I mean, and even your racing, what's one of your fondest memories in this whole long storied career that you've had that you like to look back on and say, that was a great time in my in my career. That's a big question. Well, you know, I was surprised when Chris started racing to discover that if your kid does good, it feels better than if you do good. So the first time he won an AMA National, uh, you know, that was a pretty big deal. You know, there were some other kids that I'd helped, though, who did really well. When they started winning stuff, too, it was... It was it was really great also. And, of course, you know, Elena Myers being the only woman to win AMA Pro uh, Road Races, did it twice, once at Sonoma or Sears Point. I think it was then called uh, Infineon or whatever. That track near San Francisco, uh, you know, she won one there, and she won one at Daytona. And she, she did it on my motorcycles. So, you know, that was pretty special because I told my daughters, you know, the whole time they were growing up, hey, you can do anything. Right, you can do anything you want to do. You put your mind to it, uh, and so you know she came along and met her when she was twelve, and she she was pretty serious about racing. She had talent, and when she was sixteen, I put her on a six hundred AMA Pro, and uh, you know she she won a race, and then she won another one. So you know those some different things that I've been involved in like that were you know pretty special. John, let's talk a little bit about your kids. Uh, other than Chris, obviously, we know a lot about Chris. Isn't one of your daughters, and I swear to goodness, I met her, but I don't remember if it was at Sonoma or VIR, but Tony, do you remember? Haley, we met her. I don't remember where we met her, but we met her. She was uh, she was all business. Still in the military, wasn't she, or something, John? Oh, yeah. She uh, went. She didn't get into her. You know, the school she wanted to go to, which was UC Berkeley, and she didn't get in because she's blonde and has blue eyes. That's, that's the time when we were having a really big discussion about affirmative action in the state of California. And so she didn't get in there. And her second choice, 
incredibly enough, was, was the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. She went and saw her congressman and got an appointment. Wow. Got in and uh, graduated 29th out of 934 and spent a summer at Fort Benning, uh, you know, earning her paratrooper wings and spent another summer, uh, command, uh, you know, learning how to command a tank at, at right. Fort Knox and went to Africa for a summer and did humanitarian stuff and, you know, marksman raided uh, with an M16, whatever they call them now, A4s or something. M4s. M4s, okay. So, anyway, uh, yeah, she, she's, uh, she's a genuine badass and she was <laughs> in the Army for 12 years and then she got out and, uh, you know, got married and has three kids. Wow. So. Now, are there other kids we, we we haven't brought up, John, before we get... I want to talk quite a bit about safety, actually, but are there other kids we're missing here? Well, yeah, there's Natalie. Natalie, okay. Bad Road Racing World, a key part of our, our team. Okay. Really involved, you know, real helpful. When we did the Superbike shootout in 2014, she had a big part to play in that. And there's also older brother, Damien, who uh, was more into skateboards and guitars than racing, which is fine. And, uh, you know, he's got he's got a kid who's incredibly enough, 20, 20 or 21 years old now. That's crazy. So, yeah. All right, so you and I were talking. One of the things I know you're very proud of, um, these these air baffles, air walls, air fences. Air fence. Let me get there. Soft, yes, they're soft barriers. Soft barriers. The yeah. brand, yeah. Okay, so soft barriers have been before, let's face it, if you had a hard corner and you had a any kind of a rail or any kind of a cement barrier, that uh, didn't just present a challenge to racers. It presented a challenge to life. Um, and you had a better idea, and others got on board. Talk to us about where it started and where it's at now, and how are we funding and continuing to fund the build-out on this? Well, you know, basically a soft barrier is a pre-inflated airbag. It's got an ambient air chamber. The guy crashes, flies into it, and the air is forced out through valves at a controlled rate and absorbs energy. Now, think about this. Just demonstrate how good this stuff is. Kyle Wyman uh, was at the... Moto America finale at Barber last year, and uh, he's on a super bike, and he goes down the front straight away, and the brake pad has fallen out. So he puts on the brakes, he has no brakes. He leaves the racetrack, and he's got GPS uh, data on his on his motorcycle, and also in his uh, day and easy suit. So he's, we've got we can look at how fast he was going on his motorcycle. Left the racetrack at 140 miles an hour, bails out because he knows he's in trouble, and he himself arrives you know, in the air into a section of air fence at 104 miles an hour. Now, he decelerated from 104 miles an hour to zero in the thickness of an air fence, which is about a little less than four feet, okay? That's amazing. And he, and he, and he you know, he did, he did have some cracked vertebrae, but he walked away from that crash. Now, that you know, that, that's the kind of crash that used to be a life changer or ender flat out. Let alone a career ender, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that, you know, that was the basic problem. Got, you know, we go to a racetrack and, and there'd be nothing, right? There'd be uh, Armco barriers. It'd be dirt embankments. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd have to argue to try to get hay bales. Maybe a tire wall. Yeah, tire walls don't do you any favors. No, me. no, they don't. Well, tire walls, how about bales of hay? I mean, that's well, like... Well, you know, a hay bale is better than an armco barrier or right. a firewall. But yeah, you know, especially if it's been raining and the thing's soggy, it's not very good. I mean, the basic problem was people were crashing. There wasn't enough runoff room. There weren't gravel traps. 
Uh, if you tried to talk to somebody about improving their racetrack for safety reasons, the standard answer you got was get off the property and don't come back. But it was a lot less polite. Wow. It was get the F out of here. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't like the safety conditions here, don't don't come back. You know, it's only been about 20 years since a guy run AMA Pro Racing in response to some comments I made about a racetrack to him, talking about a safety issue, said, if you don't like the, the way that racetrack is, don't go and don't send your team. You know? Wow, that's, that's the way that's, it was. That's forward-looking, huh? So, so, you know, what we have now is we have a situation where the entire culture has changed. People now expect stuff like air fence. And, you know, what I did was I got tired of hearing about, you know, every excuse in the book and, and having a... You know, guys would, would slam into a concrete wall, and they'd say, well, no one's hit there before. Well, it's not rocket science. You know, even if you drive around a car and look straight out the windshield, you know, anything you can see when you're, you know, that the nose of the thing is pointed at, you can hit if you crash there, right? So if you're going down a straightaway and you look out the windshield and you don't see a concrete wall, okay, maybe you're okay, right? But if, when you start going around a corner and straight ahead of you is a concrete wall, that's something somebody can hit if they crash. It's not rocket science. They could have figured it out. They didn't want to figure it out. So I, you know, I got tired of it, and I just, you know, one day put an editorial on RoadRacingWorld.com, and I said, "Hey, I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to buy a section of these. This time they're like twenty nine hundred bucks. Okay, I bought a section. Who's with me? Let's buy some." And you know, we raised a hundred thousand bucks almost instantly. Wow! And you know, the the, the guys around the racing series put out a press release saying it takes four months to get it. We can't get it before the end of the season. Oh, by the way, we have a plan. Well, we had twenty sections deployed five weeks after we started, not four months. And we had an additional 15 deployed two weeks after that. And the rest is history. And, you know, the, the, the reaction was so instantaneous and so forceful that the, even the guys running the, the series at that time uh, had to, you know, they had to do it. And after, you know, I subsequently I ran for the AMA board of directors uh, and because I, I couldn't get them to talk to me about safety or anything else. And once I got in there, I started looking at all the minutes and, you know, there, there, were, there was no, they had no plan. But saying, oh, yeah, we have a plan for acquiring air fence. They had no plan. They, they hadn't even discussed it. That was crazy. Well, we're starting to so, see them in MotoGP. Saxon in Germany is very uh, tight track as well. We saw uh, Espargaro hit one of those fences this last weekend and walk away. So let's go back to PJ. PJ, you're on top of this as well. Absolutely. The the Air Fence Fund, thank you, first of all, John, for being the pioneer that, that you have been in it. It's And it continues to grow, it would seem, yeah. at, at, a, at a personal level. You know, if you hang out at racetracks often enough, if you race with any racing series, myself, I raced with Wera, it's, it's what guys talk about. How can we, you know, if you make a friendly wager... Loser pays a hundred bucks to the air fence fund. You know th- these are things that are now done commonplace, which I think can only help that that culture of let let's make it a better, safer place for everybody who's doing this. Well, sure, and we've raised over two million dollars since we started this thing, and we've gotten air fence deployed all over the place. And we had to start somewhere, so we started with AMA Pro Racing, and then we, you know, we also sent some sections to, to ASRA CCS and. We've worked with various racetracks, and we started working with, with uh, track day organizations like PRE and N2. And, uh, you know, there's some racetracks that are just about covered up in, 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 uh, with soft barriers now. It's made a huge difference. And I, you know, I run into people, and they, they tell me, you know, they tell me their story. You know, it's, it's encouraging. You talk, yeah, you talk about a high point. You know, a high point <laughs> is the guy. You know, knowing, knowing Wyman ahead of time, that was pretty great. Right. You know, no one's. 
meeting somebody that I've never met before and they're thanking you for saving their life. That's yeah. a pretty good high point. And it's so much better than the way it used to be. It never made any sense to me whatsoever, you know, that racetracks should oppose something that will help them not kill off their customers or the stars of the show. It didn't Amen. make any sense. Amen. And, and John, you know, it, it, now, now it, 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 it's come around. You know, the tracks, the tracks cooperate, the sanctioning bodies cooperate, the, the track day organizations and clubs have fundraisers. And this thing is a nonprofit. It's not a nonprofit like the ones that hire highly paid executives. Nobody's getting paid to do this. This is a volunteer deal. Okay, the money is used to, to buy, deploy, repair air fence or Alpina uh, soft barriers. We use, we use both of them. But it, it's, it's a greater good deal. It's made a difference. And it's it's a good thing, you know. It is absolutely really a good thing. Absolutely is, and and if you again, if you hang out at a racetrack long enough, you're going to meet or be someone who's who's had your life impacted positively by them. I see them at a flat tracks as well. John, is there any? Is, do they do their own entirely their own uh, situation, or are we? Uh, do you cross over? Do does the Air Fence Fund cross over into other oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, venues? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we've got you know we work with. Uh, American Flat Track, and, um, you know, provided a lot of air fence over the years for them to deploy at, at their particular events. So, so, so it's yeah, about saving it's lives. It's not about disciplines. And, and we're talking with John Ulrich, one of the leaders in our sport, uh, no matter what you ride. And I do want to bring this up, John. Um, there is a uh, an opportunity, obviously, that uh, uh, we often miss, and that is to recognize good people for doing good things. Were you surprised when you were nominated uh, and, and voted into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that was a hell freezes over moment for me. You know, because, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, I was looking back at it. I told my kids, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, maybe more, yeah, maybe it's been longer than that. But I told you know they were talking one day about Hall of Fame. I told them, "Don't hold your breath. I'm never getting in ever. <laughs> Not going to happen." You believe that was just because of the the ruckus and stink you had made with uh, <laughs> certain of the AMA uh, uh, elite, if you will, over the years. Well, yeah, but I have to say the guys that are running the organization now are a lot better than the guys that I that I had problems with. But you know my. I mean, think about it, right? They they had a, an advisory board, the guys who used to run the series. I'm not talking about Moto America. Moto America is awesome. The guys running Moto America are awesome. I mean, the, the series president is Wayne Rainey. Right. They, they get it, okay? The, guy, the series has never been better run. It's never been fair. The rules enforcement has never been more objective. It, it's, it's the greatest thing ever, okay? But but I've been I've been involved in racing a, lot, a long time before Moto America came, came away, and it used to be really, really bad. And, and so they had an advisory board and they had a, a printed thing that said you could be on this advisory board if you were a racer, a team owner, a journalist, and several other things. And I was like everything on the list I couldn't <laughs> get in. You know? And so I couldn't even get a seat at the table. Right? So wow. being a guy who's not going to accept, no, you can't do that, you know, I, I figured out a way to do it. They, you know, they had an AMA pro board and then they also had a main board would supervise that so find out you could get elected to the main board and ran for the board and beat the incumbent from my area eight to one and you know got on the board and you know started making stuff happen made a difference and with that it always it wasn't always pretty with with that john and with time remaining uh dmg versus moto america obviously you weren't happy with the way things were with dmg and uh you you started to 
make some changes by offering up differences. In other words, you put your money where your mouth was, got some guys behind you, and you put together a small series. Um, and it really caused the formation of what we know as Moto America today. Um, are you happy? Obviously, some of the things you've said would lead me to believe that you are. But are there things that Moto Americans ca can still improve on? And if there is, what are those things? Uh, look, I think they're doing a great job. I don't agree with every rule that they make or every concept that they've got. I don't, but I don't need to win every argument as long as I get to talk. Okay, If I get to present my point of view and it doesn't prevail, that's okay. But the main thing, the main thing is, you have to understand, is that the officiating that we had prior to Moto America was absolutely politicized and corrupt. It was atrocious. I go in great detail about it, but it, I'll tell you, they, the officiating they had and the people they had running that series at different points, the most unfair biased, politicized, bunch of BS ever, hmm. okay? okay? And Moto America doesn't have any of that. And on top of that, those guys used to argue about air fence placement. Chris would say something to them about, hey, we need one more section here. And they'd say, oh, no, we don't. No one will hit that. Then he crashes his super bike and he hits that. You know, it was like that, right? It was nonstop across the board. So the Moto America guys come along and they... Don't have, you don't have any arguments like that. They enforce the rules the same for everybody. The officiating is fair. It's, it's night and day. It's, it's the last, one of the last races I went to that was run by DMG. I was standing on the, on the tailgate of my semi truck looking out of the paddock wondering, why am I here? Right. It was that bad. It was, and that was the weekend in which they, uh, you know, kept, put guys out on slicks, uh, uh, you know, started to rain and they kept guys out on slicks because it, it rained earlier and then dried out and you know they said oh te technically it's up to them and there were guys crashing it was, the guys who made the podium that weekend on the podium looked like somebody had shot their dog you know <laughs> because they realized that those guys didn't care whether they lived or died so crazy. the people around them, i can't say enough about moto america and you know talk, you talk about well it's not like the old days whatever hey go to a race check it out man it's a lot better than you may think it, it, it's the best it's ever been. The TV package is the best it's ever been. Amen. Officiating is the best it's ever been. It's the and the racing is incredibly good. I mean, from sure. top to bottom, there is so much talent in the series. But right shouldn't now. that follow? I mean, the logic says that if you do things the right way, quality racing follows. Well, and I, and I think it having a lot of former racers within that organization definitely helps there's a reason tony wink is no longer involved in that type of racing uh i'm sorry tony was i mentioning you um hey, wait I'm, a minute, I'm, what? Te I'm teasing i'm teasing john it's always great to talk to you and one of the things we like to do is we let you roll dude because you bring up great and salient points you speak honestly from the heart you've been there done that you've been at the forefront of telling the story for all these many years we thank you for your honesty and the time you spend with us i hope we can do it again soon well, great. Let me put in a, bit, a quick plug. Do it. Road Racing World Magazine and RoadRacingWorld.com subsidize that Road Racing World Action Fund. Oh, so, okay. On a daily basis. So I got to pay my employees to open the mail, and et cetera, et cetera. So subscribe. It's a great magazine. Check out the website. It's a great website. And we're dedicated to doing good stuff. Well, let's do this. When and we get our support new support, the best racers. When we get our new website up uh, and running here in the coming weeks, uh, let's see if we can get a link up to that for you, John, because we support you guys and your efforts as well. That'd be great. God bless Thank you, buddy. You very much. Best of your whole right. family, man. Thank you so much. That is absolutely one of the best guys in our sport. I don't know that there's an ulterior motive at all, and I've not, and I've talked to him for years. Um, yeah, there's an ulterior motive. 
What? Racer safety. Racer safety. Good racing. And good racing. End of story. There's there's nothing secret about this guy. It's right there. No, nope, he's all about the racer and keeping them safe and and providing a great racing environment and entertainment for us that are watching it and it's all under the straw hat we'll tell you what when we come back we've got another guest waiting in the wings and i tony i know tony you're going to be interested to talk to cam peterson made his debut on the genuine broaster chicken hunt the team at sonoma we'll talk to him about that and more you're listening to pit pass brought to you by fly racing flyracing.com hi this is dean wilson number 15 you're listening to pit pass radio Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v-rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v-rubber With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden racetech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible racetech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple to ride, electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants gloves and boots don't drink and ride it's illegal and dangerous don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted i'm tony wink for jack daly on construction 
For 66 years, the De Leon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The De Leons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the De Leons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack De Leon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA Closure System race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco the yamaha yzf r3 sport bike at hicklin power sports and grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of yamaha r series superbike performance it features a potent fuel injected 321 cc liquid cooled parallel twin engine for great acceleration a slim lightweight chassis for sporty agile handling a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence plus legendary yamaha superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads all at a super value no wonder cycle world calls it a bargain and revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes visit hicklin power sports and grimes today to see the incredible yamaha r3 and for more information visit yamahamotorsports.com dress properly for your ride with a helmet eye protection long sleeve shirt long pants gloves and boots do not drink and ride it's illegal and dangerous time out Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. Hey, this is Josh Hayes, AMA Superbike Champion. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back. Uh, Exhausted is how I describe my emotions after the uh, conversation with John Ulrich. He brings it. Dude, I could work for that guy in in publication, road racing world. Uh, I would. You know, I don't think he could work for that guy. Oh no, 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 no! Mm-hmm. He actually likes me, unlike you. Um, uh. he, he enjoys being around me and listens to my ideas. Unlike to the people, unlike the people at uh, Genuine Broaster Chicken uh, and Genuine Broaster Chicken Honda team uh, that uh, had a pretty road race factory. Yeah, Cam Peterson's joining us. Cam, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good, man. We just spent like thirty minutes with John. Uh, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Orich. John Orich. John, John Orich. <laughs> just kidding. But John Orich. But uh, John just you know had so many great ideas, and obviously you're one of the beneficiaries of the soft walls and and uh, you know the air walls. Um, air air fence. We call it air fence. Well, is that what we're calling it now? Anyway, uh, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for joining us. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's rewind. Let's go back to last season. You started the year okay. riding uh, the Aussie Dave Racing Fly Racing Kawasaki in the Motor America Stock 1000 class. Yeah. Just before round three at VIR, you took uh, and, and made the decision to put your racing on hold to tend to some family issues. How did that all end up? Did you get those issues taken care of? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it, it wasn't really issues. You know, uh, my family, we moved, obviously moved from South Africa to be over here, and, and it was a big move for the whole family. Um, you know, so I just, in the interest of the family, and, and uh, I just had to put racing on hold for a little bit. Um, so obviously it wasn't ideal, but everything kind of, sorted itself out and and the family seems to be doing really good now and and uh obviously i picked up a great opportunity this year to to ride for the genuine bros chicken honda team so um yeah it's, everything's looking pretty good at the moment how are you liking the honda and how'd that deal come together with them um i you know, to be honest I'm, I'm loving the bike um it's been a process you know we got a, a bunch of new electronics and everything this year um so it's been a process, but I'm I'm having a bunch of fun. Every time I ride the bike, we get better, and and uh, yeah, it's uh, got a really good chassis. So just try work on some electronic stuff and and keep making our way towards the front. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I was super lucky to get the deal, and and um, I rode for Danny Walker in 2015. So uh, me and Danny, we kind of stayed close, and and I help him out with the American Super Camp. Um, school that he has so um so yeah me and danny have just kind of stayed close and, and stayed in touch and then when jake got the opportunity to go race the world superbike um i just kind of sent danny a message and and uh asked him to keep me in mind and i never thought it, it would actually end up happening but uh it was it was a really cool christmas gift to to open up and and uh start to be with the team this year Cam, you. What year did you move your family to the to the U.S. with the intent of of you know full time racing here in the U.S. Um, me and my dad came here in in 2015, um, and it was just me and my dad at the time. But already from then, uh, you know, we were kind of looking to try get the family over here, um, just to to try have better lives for ourselves, um, and then sort of late 2016 early 2017 my sister came over and and uh and then now my mom's here so got the whole family over pretty much your dad is a former racer and team manager uh, himself can you kind of talk about his you know his racing history and, and some of his accomplishments in his career um yeah my dad he he had a great career um obviously he raced in america in the early 90s uh he raced for kenny roberts uh, on the Marlboro 500, and then, and then he went over to Spain to help Kenny run the team over there and, and run some stuff over there, and um, you know, and then then moved back to South Africa and, and he carried on racing over there, and then um, unfortunately he had a, a motocross accident and and kind of messed his arm up and, and stopped his racing career. Um, but geez, yeah, my dad, he's he's done some pretty cool stuff on a motorcycle, so so yeah. Is he still involved in your your career? I mean, is he is he there with you uh, while you race? He he has been uh, up until this year. You know, this is kind of the first year where, um, with the team I'm with and the deal we've got, that he he hasn't had to be involved. 
Um, so it's more of just a father-son relationship now, um, uh, which is which is kind of nice, you know. Um, I can I can I've got all the trust in the world and, and all the confidence in the team um, to where I don't have to rely on him. So it's it's a little different this year not having him at all the races, but uh, in a way I think it's helping me. Cam, it seems like Danny Walker has just absolutely got the the world by the uh, by the throat when he loses a guy of Jake Gagne's caliber and then insteps uh, instantaneously another absolutely professional and high caliber racer. I mean, are you guys just cornering people at uh, these super camps and uh, making them, uh, you know, essentially sign away their lives? You get to hang around until we need you, and then you got to go be awesome. Because it, it, Dan, Danny is literally, it seems like he's got it on lockdown. There's always another guy. who Who's behind you? That's what we want to know. Who's the next guy yeah. when you move on? It, to be honest, I think the thing is that, you know, Danny Danny runs a great team, and, and, uh, and people people see that. And obviously with the super camp stuff, he gets a lot of recognition, and, and we get a lot of great, great riders who come help Danny out, instruct, and, and come to the school. Um. But to be honest, I think I think he just puts on a good show and, and runs a good team. That that there's a lot of guys lining up to to uh, be on that bike and and work with a crew like Scotty, Da, and and Evan and those guys. So uh, yeah, it's it's cutthroat out there at the moment, and and there's a lot of guys gunning for that ride. Cam, the the bike you're on, the CBR 1000. Uh, it, you are making absolute headway with the bike, but in arguably in the U.S. particularly, it hasn't proven to be the bike to be on of late. I, do you feel that it in any way is hindering your progress, or have you guys got it so dialed that it's you know it's down to the rider? I mean, where's your perspective on that? Um, you know, racing these days, it's it's hard. You know, it's it, it kind of a lot of it comes down to electronics. Um, and you've seen worldwide Honda's kind of struggling other than MotoGP. Um, and, and to be honest, I think it just comes down to, to the package. The, the Honda's an unbelievable bike. I mean, it's got a great chassis. It's, it's, it gives the riders a lot of confidence. Um, but for me, I feel like it, at the end of the day, it's just come down to electronics and, and how long it takes the team or, or somebody to adjust and, and learn the electronics and know what the bike wants. Um, so I think it's just a balance, and it's, it's a hard thing to find these days. But when you do get in, in that window of, of uh, where you need to be, it, it makes a massive difference, and I think that's when you can see the Honda kind of start coming towards the front. And again, you've, you've done wonderfully with the bike. We're not slagging on it at all, but you've been fighting an uphill battle, it would seem, at times. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, it hasn't been easy, um, you know, but that, that's racing. Uh, it definitely hasn't been easy, but uh, we've had some great people in our corner. Uh, we've had a lot of help from, from Honda uh, overseas with the, with the Red Bull team, too. They've been helping us a bunch, so... Um, yeah, it was a struggle in the beginning of the season, but I think uh, we're starting to kind of find our feet and, and uh, get the ball rolling a little bit. Cameron, if it was easy, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be fun. I mean, <laughs> if it was, there wasn't a challenge to it, I mean, 
Why would you want to keep doing it after all this time? Well, I mean, that that's exactly it. You know, we're passionate about the sport, and and uh, I guess that's what kind of keeps us motivated if we're not at the front is, is to get up there. And I got to imagine that you just already said it, but all this outside help that you're getting from other Honda teams and from Honda themselves, I got to imagine you got to be getting really close to getting this thing dialed in and, and start making your way to the front, aren't you? Uh, you know, I mean, I really like to think so. Uh, I, I hope so, but it definitely seems that way. Um, you know, last race out at Laguna, we we took some massive steps forward. Um, you know, I was running some, a, a, a decent pace. Um, and then we've got some help coming out to Utah too. So, um, yeah, I think, I think the bike is going to keep getting better and better as long as, as well as, as myself. Um, you know, this is my first full season on, on a big bike and, and I'm adjusting to it. I'm still learning. Um, so yeah, I hope, I hope the rest of the season is going to be, going to be strong and, we can constantly be battling for top five. You know, I've noticed there's there's been a lot of international talent in the Moto America paddock, and uh, including yourself. Do you think it's going to be, or it's becoming more of a desirable destination for international riders? Is there, and is there any new talent from South Africa that we might see make their way to the United States soon? Um, it seems that way. Yeah, we've you know I, I speak to a lot of people around the paddock, and and even then, you know, you hear stories of of guys from world super sports and, and even motor two and a lot of guys around the world that are getting hold of people trying to come ride you. Um, so it definitely seems like, like the place to be at the moment that I think they can see that the series is starting to grow and, and that the talent show is no joke. Um, so it seems like a lot of people want to come come over here at the moment. It's really it's inspiring to hear that about our national series. Uh, it hasn't always been that way. It certainly has been that way historically. We've had g- great and talented international riders. So yeah, I mean it's it's coming back. Uh, I think we can owe a lot of that to Moto America themselves, uh, which we were talking about with Mister Ulrich before we were talking about it with you, Cam. The the work that uh, Wayne Rainey and his crew have done. Um, has made our series a legitimate, uh, you know, world class series. We've got a lot of international talent. Definitely, yeah. Uh, Definitely. No, those guys, uh, they literally they they do whatever they can to to try and make uh, motorcycle racing better in, in America again. That's for sure. Cam, I, I had asked uh, John this, or I had made the comment um, when we were talking to him. But do you think? that with Moto America, having those guys that are former racers or involved with racing, do, do you think that makes that series better because they see it from your perspective as well as, you know, the, the, the manager of the business side of it too? Yeah. I mean, you're spot on. That's exactly it. And I like, um, Wayne and Chuck, they, they know what, what as riders and as teams, what they want and, and are looking for. Um, so I think it definitely those guys being involved has has made a, a massive difference in in racing in America at the moment, and uh, I think it's just going to keep getting better with with those people involved. And I'm looking forward to to seeing where it's going to go in the next couple of years. We are too, and I think uh, we, we had John Olchon earlier, and he was talking about the the old 
organization, the old promoters, and uh, he didn't have much love no, for those yeah, guys. No, there was love. no love lost. No <laughs> love. But we're talking about Wayne Rainey and those kind of guys that are that are running this thing. They can't lose, I don't think. I mean, no, and he said, John said it best. He has nothing but respect for him, and I think every single human body in the paddock feels that. You know, there's respect yeah, for the guys in charge. I mean, you have to. You you see what he's doing, and uh, you can't do anything but admire what those guys are doing. Well, and I and I would like to agree. I mean, I, I think they're taking it from a great approach, um, as opposed to kind of how it was going before where we kind of saw it going downhill and now Moto America and the guys in charge of bringing that to the forefront and it's becoming a fantastically run series. Um, and I got to imagine that you yourself looking at what you're going to do next or where you're going to race next and having this opportunity, it, it's got to be great for you, isn't it? I mean, to know that you have that opportunity to race in such a good series right now. No, it's 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 a good sign. I mean, um, like we said, it's only getting stronger. And, and as motorcycle racers, that that's all we want. You know, it's it's our job, it's our passion, and and to be able to at least have some kind of a career as in racing motorcycles and and earning money out of that, it's uh, it's awesome to see. And and if we can get it back just to half of what it used to be back in the day, I think uh, things will be looking really strong here. Cam, it's been great having you on. Appreciate you taking the time. We want to give you the time to uh, uh, roll off your sponsor list. Who would you like to thank? Um, massive shout-out to, to, obviously, Genuine Barster Chicken and Honda, um, Road Race Factory, Arai, um, Acropovic, uh, Motorex, everybody involved in the program that, uh, you know, let us go racing and, and ride motorcycles. Can't thank them enough. And... Um, Obviously, my my parents and my whole family for for the sacrifices that they've made and and uh, yeah, just everyone that's out there supporting me and involved in the program, I appreciate it. And nothing goes with roaster chicken quite like a uh, quick shot of swell vodka, six times distilled, six times filtered. Swell mm. vodka belongs in the well at your favorite tavern. Ask for it at your favorite hot spot. Chicken and vodka, yeah. vodka. Well, I don't think I've ever heard no, that before. But know, in uh, Russia, <laughs> yeah. that's all they do. They, they, they eat roaster chicken, chicken and yeah. vodka. You've had um, chilled vodka. Uh, where's euros? Where, where are euros made? What country Gr- is that? It's Greece. 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 Man, yeah. have you ever had chicken from Greece? Yeah, like yeah. that prepared that way, oh, yeah. or greasy chicken actually. Sure. <laughs> sure. Oh jeez. Right, thank to be a you, joke. buddy. We appreciate Thanks, you taking Cam. the time. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Try that mix one. of vodka and chicken, okay? I, I will shake it up. <laughs> real good. Not the training program, but <laughs> put it in the blender. Oh it's, yeah. Oh yeah. There you oh, go. Oh yeah. That's good stuff. So usually, it's waking up in the morning Let's and finding it. the chicken while you find the vodka. You ever had what we call counter pizza? Left on the counter overnight. It's still in the box, so it must be good, right? Uh, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Sure. Can I share a story with you about some you leftover please? pizza? Okay, so uh, no. 2005, I see this Hurricane Katrina business, and I'm like, I got to get down there and help them poor people. So I get down in there, and I'm um, staying in my camper with two buddies. It was our, like a show hall. We're parked in Miss Angie's yard, and uh, she's a hairdresser, and she lives in the back behind the shop. And sure. we had she had a big lot, and we rented it, and we stayed there. And uh, so we would we would work till dark and then we'd go have a few and then we'd get a pizza or some crawfish or whatever these people eat down in mississippi because and it was good food i you just didn't ever know what you're eating i didn't Didn't but we got we got a pizza 
and we had it we had it in a box, got it to go, set it on a wood stump next to our campground where we were hanging out, and uh, I used to think I could just eat anything and no big deal, right? And so, um, <laughs> so we uh, we go out and we eat, and I leave it there. We go work all day the next day. That night we get home, we'd had a few, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to eat that pizza. No big deal. Gross. That's right. So I'm eating it. One day later. No, 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 no. No, quicker than that. I'm eating it. I get through about half of my second piece. Yeah. And I'm like, my throat is itching. My <laughs> neck is itching. My mouth is itching. Oh, no. My mouth is on fire now. My lips are on fire now. Shine the light on me. It was covered in ants. ants. And I was- Fire I, ants. You were yes. eating fire ants. I was eating- not only was I eating fire ants, but I was eating a lot of fire and ants. And being eaten by them at the yeah. very same time. I sw- my face yeah. was swelled up. Oh, dude, it was it so was bad. bad. The inside, the, I couldn't talk yeah. my tongue. The whole, It was so bad. When hey. we were, when we, quick, real quick. Sure. When we were in Mississippi doing train up uh, for uh, one of our deployments, we had a kid go down during a live fire exercise. He went down to the ground for because that's what he had to do. Anyway, it was in a fire ant mound. He was covered in fire ants. Oh, we no. had to strip him naked. I bet cancel. you did. We did. We had to. We had to cancel the live fire. <laughs> I bet we you did that. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> well, I do want to wish our own Chris Bishop uh, recovery from the uh, terrible rains of getting down to New Orleans. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, he had about ten feet of water. Um, lost his bikes. Pretty much everything. You know, nothing left. But the happy ending is uh, we rebuilt and are in a better place. And uh, so we're just grateful to have Chris uh, be with us each and every time we ride on this very program. And for those of you in uh, central Iowa that suffered just a week and a half or two ago with the torrential downpour, we had about six inches here in central Iowa in about three hours. Those in Maxwell had about 16 inches just in about insane. the same Cost amount of time. Cost a friend's life. Right. Well, my friend, yeah. My, the only death that we know of uh, was Larry Kotler, one of the great sportscasters in my career, 38-year uh, a career veteran of my life and uh, larry was swept away in a flash flood and it almost took his wife too but uh this is my oh, last she was there she was in the van and they both yeah. got out encouraged to get out of the van and the, the the water was moving so swiftly it washed them away as the van was floating away so i would only ask that if you um know knew larry kotler heard larry kotler's voice or know anything about larry that you get on uh gofundme page our goal is twenty we we're at about sixteen five right now and uh, which thank you by the way thank you so very much for your generosity but if you haven't given or have the ability to give more uh we do have an ultimate goal and you know how gofundme works so we would appreciate your assistance where's the money go gofundme goes to the family they had no insurance mm-hmm. so they lost the van oh no 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 they, they didn't lose the van they got a 40 dollars check uh from the insurance company for the van because they paid off the balance plus there was 40 dollars left so the family got the 40 bucks well you know how much a funeral costs these days so do me a favor make a donation if you can on gofundme go to larry cotler l-a-r-r-y Cotler, C-O-T-L-A-R. Um, this is a family I'm very, very close to, and uh, they have a, a son that has disabilities. Um, so th- th- this is a family with great challenges in front of them. 
Uh, we've done all that we can, and we will do more, but we hope that you will join us in our efforts. Also, there is a book called The Largest Rolodex in Sports, and that's Larry's title to his book, and it's available. You can look for me on Facebook. I'll be happy to deliver one to you or ship it to you. They're 20 bucks in person, 24 bucks. Uh, if I have to mail it to you, I just mailed two to California today. Larry's life touched, touched a lot of folks, but it's a wonderful tapestry, and you can see it in the pages of his book, The Largest Rolodex in Sports. I was proud enough to go across the street and down the hall to a different radio station and host his final broadcast. It was an hour and a half long special on Brand X, and I will tell you this, I didn't realize what I'd done until the very end when I signed off for the final time for the cop man. No. And that was that was difficult. Anyway, hey, thanks so much for listening, guys. I appreciate that. I want to thank Marvin Muskin, uh, Austin Forkner, Tanner Dean, John Ulrich, always John, thank you, Cam Peterson, each and every one of you. For Ed Camp, Tony Wing, Roman Avila, PJ Duran, Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy Halverson, our executive producer, Dr. Jack DeLeon, and Leanne DeLeon, the one that really pulls all the strings for this program. I'm Scott Casper speaking. Do me a favor. Join us next week. Special guests lined up already? Yeah, we're going to have Jake Gagne. What? All right. This has been America's Motor Racing Talk Show. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Have a good one, everybody. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.